And as I mentioned at the start of the service, we are starting our series on clothing, and we're beginning with a reading from the book of Revelation. So, Wendy, over to you. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center before the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, saints. Good morning, saints. Today we begin a new year, as I've mentioned a couple of times, and uh, we begin a new sermon series. It is a sermon series where we're looking at the topic of clothing. Uh, I feel like I need to explain the uh, term card to uh, a few people. Um, for those of you who maybe have seen uh, the term card or have looked at that on the screen, some of you may have looked at it and said, oh, that's really clever. Some of you may have looked at it and said, surely you can get prosecuted for doing that. Uh, some of you may have looked at it and said, I don't understand. Why does it say super holy? What's that got to do with clothing? Uh, I had somebody who came up to me after one of the Christmas services where we showed this uh, on the screen, and they said to me, Graham, I'm so pleased that we're looking at the topic of holiness next term. And I had to um, let them down gently to say that we're not, yes, holiness is a part of it, but that's not exactly uh, what we're looking at. Um, so uh, for those of you who have looked at this quizzically and are thinking, what on earth is that? It's a brand called Super Dry. Some of you say, isn't it obvious? Some of you say, uh, I don't understand. Anyway, there you go. It's a brand called Superdry, and uh, we've changed the letters across the top as well. Rather than writing in Japanese, we've written something in Greek. I'm not going to tell you what that Greek word, those Greek words say. Uh, there's going to be a prize for anybody who can tell me what those Greek words uh, say, uh, if I haven't already told you. Okay, so there you go. There is uh, Super Holy and Super Dry, our uh, series on uh, clothing. Um, and uh, you might be, uh, again, wondering, this is a bit of an odd topic, 
this is a bit weird. Why are we looking at this topic of clothing? And I hope, my prayer is that by the end of this series, or even by the end of today, uh, you may be interested, you may be excited, you may be um, kind of intrigued by, uh, by this topic. Now, just b- before I get into that, just um, going back to what I said at the start, good morning, saints. Uh, if you were here last term, uh, you'll remember that we looked through the book of Ephesians. I had a great time doing that. And one of the key things in the book of Ephesians is that uh, we are saints. The start of the book of Ephesians says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus. And when Paul writes to God's holy people, he literally means to the saints, to the holy people. It's to the saints. And each week uh, we would say that actually uh, it was written to saints. And when we have, what we have in our minds when we think of saints is often highly pious people. People who've prayed for four hours before we've even had breakfast. Uh, people um, who uh, spend their life living uh, on a cliff and not talking to anyone else and uh, spend their whole time uh, maybe reading, uh, reading the Bible. That's kind of what we have sometimes in mind when we think of saints. And yet through the book of Ephesians we learnt and we were told each week that we are saints. You are saints. If we have become Christians, if we're uh, washed by Jesus's blood, uh, if we have been clothed in his righteousness, we are saints. And hence, the title of our sermon series, Clothing the Saints. You can put the next slide up, uh, Dan. Clothing the Saints. I hope uh, some of you at least get my reference to Southampton football team there who are the saints. Anyway, uh, clothing uh, the saints. Thanks, Eli, for the chuckle. I appreciated that. So what do saints wear other than their home kit and away kit and their third kit? What do saints wear? And you may, again, may say that's a little bit of an odd question. Why should we care what saints wear? But it's actually not quite as odd as it sounds. In fact, when we looked at the book of Ephesians, we already looked at some of the imagery that comes along with clothing. In the middle of the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, it says this, that you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to put on your new self. If you were here for our series, you might remember me getting someone dressed up in an old coat, physically taking it off and putting on a new coat. It's a key part of um, Paul's imagery when talking about kind of being holy and about uh, taking on righteousness is an image of uh, clothing. But when we look at that question, what do saints wear, given what I just said a minute ago, that you are saints, it's actually what do saints wear is what, in some ways, whatever you are currently wearing. So to get us thinking about this topic... I said we're going to be a little bit of talking to people around us. In thinking about this topic, I've got three questions which I would like you to talk to the person next to you about. Okay? Question number one, what items of clothing are you wearing? What items of clothing are you wearing? I would suggest excluding underwear. Okay? Unless you want to be particularly open. What items of clothing are you wearing? Question two, for each item... Where did you get it, and how much did it cost? Can you remember where you got it, in fact, and how much it cost? Have a chat in your twos or threes about those two questions, and then if you've got time, think about the third question. Do you have any stories associated with the clothes that you're wearing? Such as, 
I was wearing this, this jumper when such and such happened, or this when something else happened. Just to get you started, let me tell you, I didn't choose, I just, I just kind of picked these ones up this morning. Um, what items are you wearing? Um, I'm wearing a, uh, this is my clerical shirt uh, that uh, I got given at Christmas a few years ago. Um, I've got this one and I've got a green one. This one looks slightly less like a tea towel. The green one looks very much like a tea towel. Um, and I'm wearing these jeans, um, and uh, I bought them at Cheshire Oaks uh, uh, Outlet Store, the, the Levi Outlet Store, and I was very excited when I found them uh, because they are 34 waist, 36 leg. And I've never found anywhere else that's done kind of a 36 leg with 34 waist, so I'm very pleased that they fit me. Um, there you go. And my socks, uh, just kind of bog standard socks I picked out of a drawer this morning, and my shoes are falling apart. So there you go. Have a moment, answer those questions with the person next to you. I'm going to give us like three or four minutes um, to, uh, to have a chat. Okay, I'm going to interrupt your conversations there. Um, and uh, I'd love to have a little bit of feedback. I'm wondering if anyone has something interesting that, that, like, that they've shared with someone else or something interesting that they've heard uh, about someone's items of clothing. Would anyone like to, uh, anyone like to share? <laughs> it's your own time you're wasting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rob. Great. You'd wear it. Great. There you go. If anyone wants to claim it. Is that Jack Wolfskin? Bear Grylls. Oh, very nice. Okay, great. I think it's mine, actually. It's a small, okay. Great. Anyone else? Ben. He's a bit old now, but he's replacement shoes for shoes that my dog ate. Okay. That is a good story. Yeah. Replacement shoes for shoes your dog ate. Yeah. Great. How long have you had them? Uh, Great. They've worn, they've worn quite... How, how, how much did they cost? 30 quid. Okay. Great. Great. It's the place to go, is it? <laughs> we had someone at the first service who was very, very proud of their two pounds shoes from, from a charity shop. So, are you, are you going to beat that, do you think? No, I've been trumped there. You've been trumped? Yeah. Okay. Simon. Great. Anyone else? Anyone some good stories about the cl some of the clothes they're wearing? Yeah. 
still in here now. Uh, bless you, Paul. Hey, what a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, Paul. Thank you very much. I look forward to hearing more of the story. Are you, yeah. if you're, are you able to stay for lunch today? We're going to call. I'm going to, my wife and two friends are going to call back later. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants to join, I'm joining join the soup kitchen. Yeah, great. Lunch yeah. after the service. You're welcome yeah. to stay for that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Great. So stories about clothes. What, so what do the saints wear? Well, we've heard some of the things that you wear. What about that passage that we just had read a few minutes ago uh, by Wendy? Revelation chapter 7. Uh, I don't know if you picked up what it said that the saints worshipping God around his throne were wearing. It said that the saints were wearing white robes. Uh, just a bit of context for this passage, Revelation, uh, in the book of Revelation uh, is a book of the Bible, it's right towards the end, in fact, well, right towards the end, it is at the end, uh, it's, it's the last book uh, in, the, in the Bible, it's one that Christians either tend to avoid or read far too much, um, uh, and uh, it's, it's a vision that John had, the disciple John had when he, uh, of heaven, um, and what was happening in the heavenly uh, realms. Uh, and part of uh, the vision that he sees, we're told he sees a multitude of people. It lists the types of people he sees. A multitude of people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, uh, which is, if you like, code for everyone uh, before him. And that they were worshipping before uh, the Lamb. They were praising the Lamb and they were wearing white robes. We're explicitly told they were wearing white robes. And that's a theme that comes up actually throughout uh, Revelation. Uh, talks about the saints worshipping before God wearing white robes. It's something that uh, sometimes we pick up in some of the songs uh, that we sing. Um, the final verse, if you've been singing it over Christmas, to Once in Royal David City, uh, the final verse uh, says, uh, where is it? Uh, it says this, uh, not in that poor lowly stable, with the oxen standing by, shall we see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high, where the stars, where like stars, his children crowned, all in white shall wait around. And being um, clothed in white uh, was a symbol both of victory and a symbol of purity. A victory and a purity. For those of you who know the song Cornerstone, uh, again, the final verse says this. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless, stand before the throne. Um, I was talking uh, to uh, uh, Janet, actually, at the end of our uh, 9.30 service, um, and Janet uh, told me the story of, uh, when, uh, of the funeral uh, of uh, her father. Um, and uh, at, the, uh, at the Undertaker's, when she'd been at the Undertaker's, t- do tell me if I, get this, if I say it wrong, Janet. Uh, at, the, at the Undertaker's, uh, they uh, w- had suggested uh, having her father dressed in blue, um, and wouldn't that be a good idea? And Janet said, actually, I think white would be much more appropriate. Uh, because surely that's what we're going to be wearing uh, in heaven, uh, as it were. Uh, and so uh, uh, Aunt Janet's father, uh, when put in the coffin, was dressed in white. And I know you did the same thing uh, for, uh, for your mother uh, as well, Janet, uh, about being dressed in white, that wonderful symbolism of being in the heavenly realms, being in heaven, dressed in 
white. And it's something, that kind of idea of purity uh, that we continue with today. On a wedding day, it's traditional for the bride to wear white, uh, a, symbol of, uh, a symbol of purity. Sometimes at uh, the baptism of, uh, of babies, sometimes uh, they, or traditionally, they're dressed in white as they come to baptism. Again, a symbolism of uh, purity. Now, you may say, Graham, that's all very interesting, but surely isn't that all just like allegorical? Surely that's all just kind of nice symbolism. Should it really affect what I wear today? You may say, Graham, again, that's all very interesting, but I didn't literally change my clothes when I became a Christian. Should I? Should I have done that or not? In fact, does God care about what I wear? Does God care about the clothes that you wear? Some of you will be saying, Uh, Of course he does. Some of you, I'm sure, will be saying, no, I don't think he does care about what I wear. Well, I think God does care about what we wear, but maybe not for the reasons that you might think. And and over this series, we're going to be exploring clothing from a whole whole number of different angles and different points of view. Um, But before we get more on that, let me give you some snippets of some of the things that are coming up in our sermon series. Okay, Um, if you go on to the next slide. Um, Some snippets that are going to be coming up of some of the topics uh, we're going to be looking at. Uh, We're going to be looking uh, at the topic of status. Hopefully it's going to come up. Uh, First, we're going to be looking at uh, the topic of status and about what your clothes say about your status. If you click down, hopefully the next thing should come up. There we go. Uh, what your clothes say about your status. For example, if you're a, a, a police officer uh, and you put on a police uniform, all of a sudden people treat you very, very differently. And if you take off the uniform, they don't know who you are, they again treat you very, very differently. I know that um, uh, people do tend to treat me differently if I'm wearing my clerical collar. I remember going, uh, when Anna had to go into hospital uh, for something. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was when I was a curate. And uh, we'd gone in, and um, they'd, sort, they'd sort of seen Anna, but you know, Anna had felt they'd been a bit you know, kind of offhandish with her, and that things were going very slowly, and they weren't really seeing her. Now, I happened at the time to be wearing um, a clerical collar shirt, but without it, without it done up, so you couldn't see uh, what it was. And I had to go and visit someone in the hospital. So I visited a pastoral visit in the hospital, and I came back, and I was still wearing my clerical collar when I came back. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, the attitude of uh, the people who were serving Anna just changed completely. Oh, hello, Reverend, Father, Vicar, Rector, whatever we want to call you. Hello, hello, yes. Oh, lovely to see you. Yes, how was your visit? Oh, great. Yes, oh, I'm sure we can see Anna now. Yes, we'll bring her through here. And all of a sudden, uh, through, I d- d- don't know, all of a sudden it gave me a sort of badge of something that they said, ah, oh, yes, all of a sudden you're the status of being a vicar. Hello there, Father. Or whatever it might be. If I wear this down the street, I get a whole number of different reactions from, uh, from different people. But it kind of says something about uh, status, I guess. This, uh, this Sunday, again, for those of you who, uh, who don't know, uh, in the kind of liturgical year of the Church of England, uh, this Sunday is uh, Epiphany, and on Epiphany, uh, we remember particularly the coming of the Magi. You may say, surely we did that at Christmas. Well, in the kind of church year today, actually, is, um, is Epiphany. How do you know that the wise men were wise men? How do you know uh, when you see a picture, oh, they're the wise men? Because of what they're wearing whether they're wearing crowns or they're wearing big robes, or usually they're you know, carrying gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, but something to do with their wearing and their status. So we're going to look at status. We're going to look at morality. 
We've already looked in Ephesians at the idea of putting on and taking off, that something about putting on Christ's righteousness. But here's a question you might want to ponder. Does what you wear affect how you act? If you're dressed in a certain way, do you behave differently? Interesting question to ponder coming up in the series. We're going to look at the topic of nakedness. Why do we feel embarrassed about being naked? And what, if anything, does that reveal about our relationship with our clothes? Have a think back to Genesis. In Genesis, Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree of... um, Uh, when they ate from the tree uh, in the middle when they shouldn't have done, all of a sudden they were embarrassed in front of God and God clothed them as he sent them out of the garden. We're going to look at the topic of belonging. How does what we wear make us feel like we belong to something? Why is it that maybe teenagers who desperately want to be individuals all dress exactly the same or actually want to dress to fit in with those who are around them? Why do we feel embarrassed if we turn up somewhere and we're wearing the wrong clothes? Something about belonging. We're going to look at the topic of poverty. How should Christians respond to an industry, the clothing industry, which has historically and today been involved in some pretty unseemly practices across the world and usually one that has exploited the poor? We're going to look at the topic of fashion. Again, a question, should Christians care about fashion? Again, some of you might say yes, some of you may say no. Again, it's going to be interesting to look at that. Should Christians care about fashion? And finally, the topic of lamenting. How does our outward appearance affect what's going on inside of us? How are those two connected? Okay, I've got another question to ask, which I'm going to ask you to talk to the, per- the people around you briefly, maybe some of the people you were talking to earlier, okay? And it's a little deeper than the question uh, we first asked. The question is this, why did you choose to wear the clothes that you are wearing today? Why did you choose to wear the clothes that you're wearing today? Now, on first response, you might look at that and you may say, well, Graham, isn't it obvious they were the ones at the top of, uh, at the, top of the drawer uh, when I opened the drawer. Or maybe they were the clothes I wore yesterday and I did a smell test <laughs> and I figured that they were still appropriate for today. So that's why I put the ones on. Okay, so yeah, I guess there's, and for some of us that may just be the case and that's fine. But I think, also, but I think there's a bit of a, something below that as well. I just have a think. Why those particular clothes rather than some other clothes? Why did you choose to buy those particular clothes? Or wear those today? Was there anything particular uh, that was going on in your mind as you chose those clothes? So, just a a minute or so, just uh, again, have a conversation with the person or the people around you. So, uh, again, anyone heard anything interesting about why someone's wearing something particular today? Hang on, sorry. Chloe, say that again. It's the only thing that's clean because Sean only washes his things, not your things. Okay. Okay, anything else? You did the sniff test this morning. Well done. Your favorite jumper. Great. Good thing to wear to church. Great. Anybody else? 
You're wearing those because you cycled here. Yes, I couldn't have guessed. <laughs> Anybody else? I have to say, Tracy, I really appreciate the pink that comes along with the bike and uh, the Lycra as well. So, any, any, anybody else? Any particular reason you're wearing what you're wearing today? Sorry? Nope? Okay. Great. Okay, well, uh, I'm wearing this shirt because it's what I wear as, I guess, as a vicar on a Sunday, a uh, clerical shirt, uh, and I had a choice of two. Um, I've only got two that fit, as I mentioned earlier, and this was nearer to the front. Uh, I'm wearing the socks I'm wearing because they were the top of the pile uh, as I opened the drawer, and these trousers because uh, they fit, and I quite like them, and um, I'm going to wear them until they fall apart, as I said earlier. So, there you go. Um, does God care about that? Does God care about the clothes uh, that we wear? Or even, if he does, why does God care? I think there are a number of reasons, but one of them, I think, is to do with identity. You see, the clothes that we wear are so keenly attached to our identity. You see, that actually, as we choose what clothes to put on, whether we like it or not, there's often a sort of, in a dialogue as to what is this going to say about me to other people. Some people say, oh, I don't think about that because I, I'm not fashionable, if you like. But actually that in itself is something about that we convey to other people. That actually we don't mind about not being fashionable, for example. What does what we wear say to other people about our identity? And God cares deeply about our identity and how we perceive our own identity. You see, our primary identity was always meant to be in Christ. When we looked through our series on Ephesians, the phrase that came up over and over again was in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Our identity was always supposed to be in Christ. And yet, since the fall, if you like, since we kind of turned away from God, we've always been looking to find our identity in something else. Adam and Eve, when uh, they all of a sudden were embarrassed about the clothes or lack of that they had in front of them, was because they were worried about being exposed. And actually, they wanted something to portray something else, to cover up, to hide maybe them true, their true selves. And there's something about the clothes that we wear to portray an identity or to hide something uh, that we are trying to keep away from other people. Our broken world likes to force us or encourage us to put our identity in so many other things other than in Christ. Whether people, our culture tries to say your primary identity is in your gender or your primary identity is in your marital status or your sexuality or your achievements or your possessions or your education or your job. And if you think through each of those things I've just listed, in many ways each of them come with a certain element of clothing associated with them. That actually maybe people quite like wearing the certain clothing of whatever they have to wear in their job because it gives them a sense of identity. Or maybe liking the clothing that comes with uh, certain possessions because again it shows something about who you are. Part of our role at Christ Church, part of our vision seeing lives restored through Jesus is to encourage each of us and others to put their identity back onto being in Christ. That actually our, our primary identity is not in those things. Yes, those things may be uh, a key part of who we are, but our primary identity as Christians is in Christ. And that is the way we were always supposed to be. That is the way that we were always supposed to be. 
seeing ourselves primarily as children of God. And the amazing thing about finding our identity in Christ is that actually it frees us in all those other areas of our lives that I just mentioned. If our primary identity is in Christ, then actually when we think about our uh, achievements, all of a sudden we're free to pursue achieving things without fear of failure. If our primary identity is in Christ, then all of a sudden we're free to use and give our possessions as we wish without fear of lacking because our primary identity is in Christ. If we untie our identity with our clothes, we're actually free to wear what we wish without worrying about what other people might think. We're actually free to embrace fashion if we wish because actually we're not tied down by thinking, what's this going to say about me? What's this going to say about me? Having our identity in Christ, our primary identity in Christ, means that actually turning up to a party in the wrong clothes or wearing mismatching colors, or wearing a pair of jeans that makes your bum look big. All of a sudden, those things become maybe slightly awkward and funny, but they stop being devastating. Because actually, we know that our primary identity is in Christ, not in those things. On the flip side, it also means if you're the best-dressed person at a party, or if you've got the most expensive suit those things become maybe of interest, but they're not foundations for who we are. So my hope and my prayer for this series is in a number of things. My hope and my prayer, firstly for this series, is that this is going to raise some really fascinating and interesting discussions. I've already had loads of interesting discussions uh, with people about clothing uh, already as a staff team, as we've kind of pondered this together with the preachers and leaders, even with people who've known this uh, is coming up. A number of interesting questions. Here's a question you might want to think about. Should people be able to tell who a Christian is by what they're wearing? You might immediately think, no. But then, actually, hang on a minute, maybe. Maybe a Christian wouldn't wear certain items of clothing. Maybe, maybe not. Does God God care about fashion at all or not? Does God care about what I wear? I'm sure it's going to raise some fascinating discussions. I'm really interested over this term to see what some of the things that come out of that. Secondly, I'm, my hope and my prayer is that it may even, for some of us, for some of you, change what you wear. It may mean that some of you end up spending less on clothes. It may mean some of you end up spending more money on clothes. For some, it might mean looking more closely at why you wear what you wear. For others, it might mean looking more closely at where the clothes you wear were made and produced. Ultimately, though, thirdly, I pray that this series might help each of us to become more secure in our identity in Christ. My prayer is that we might know more deeply that we are saints And that we are chosen and set apart for God. And that through that we might be free to embrace everything that God has for us. Whether that's in clothing or other areas of our lives. And the way, one of the ways, one of the key ways, if not the key way to become secure in that identity. Is to see Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. Uh, The topics I listed earlier that we're looking at this term are things that we're looking up up until Lent. 
up until uh, Ash Wednesday. During Lent, uh, so that's the, the uh, six or seven weeks before uh, Easter, we're going to be looking at uh, the events that led up to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate and remember at Easter. And, we're, and um, again, if, you see, if you've seen your term cards, over those weeks, we're going to be looking at various aspects of clothing that are kind of key as part of that story. And we're going to look again and remind ourselves of Jesus, who had the glory of heaven, was clothed in splendor and righteousness, who wore a, a, you know, a white robe in heaven of victory and of purity, and yet changed that to become human to take on the rags that we wear in comparison and ultimately to die naked and exposed upon a cross while we gambled for his tunic. And as part of that, we're going to remember again that him raised to life as the lamb at the center of the throne is again clothed in splendor and calls us to come and worship him calls us to take on those white robes of purity and victory. At the end of that passage in Revelation, there's a fascinating uh, little, uh, there's a fascinating verse um, that, again, we may have time to explore as we go over this series. I don't know if you noticed it. It says uh, that the saints gathering around the throne, again, were wearing uh, white robes. But it says that something special had happened to the white robes. The elder says to John, These are those who have come out of the great tribulation, They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Again, very interesting. So hang on a minute. They've got robes. They wash them in blood and they come out white. I'm not sure even the best um, cleaning products you could imagine could turn a garment, a white garment that's been washed in blood, white. They washed their robes in blood and they became white. Why? Because, of course, it's through the blood of Christ, which symbolizes his death, that he took on himself our brokenness. All those times we put our identity in things that are not of him, took on him our brokenness in order that we might be clothed in white. That we may be able to be stand before God in praise and worship.